Welcome back to Heroes of the Faith, a show where we are inspired by the lives of the saints so that we can become saints ourselves. I'm your host, Father Isaac Longworth, and I want to start this episode by telling you the story of one of my friends. This was a guy who, uh, when he was a teenager, decided that he wanted to become Catholic. Now, this was a big deal for his family because his family was raised in a very strong Protestant tradition, and his parents did not want him to convert to become Catholic. And so what my friend actually had to do was take courses, take classes on how to become Catholic in secret over the phone because his parents wouldn't let him leave the house to go and study. And they told him that if he ever became Catholic, they would kick him out of the house and he would never be allowed to see his siblings again. And yet despite this intense pressure from his family, my friend went through with it and became a Catholic several years ago. And true to their word, his parents completely rejected him, kicked him out of the house, and stopped him from ever seeing his siblings. Now, I tell this story because it should break your heart, because it certainly broke mine when he was telling me about his situation, what he was going through. My heart broke for this guy. And yet at the same time, I was so inspired by him that he was willing to go through that level of intense hostility from those who should be closest to him, his own family. And it just reminded me of the cost that some people pay in order to follow Jesus fully. Those who are devoted to the Lord and it brings them into this state of being persecuted, sometimes even by their own family members. Now, the reason I share this story right off the bat is because the saint that I want to tell you about today had to undergo something uh, very similar, in fact, much more severe for his decision to follow Jesus. And the saint that I want to tell you about today is Saint Cristobal. Now, Cristobal was born in Mexico in the year 1515, and his father was a tribal chief of the Tlaxcalan people, which was one of the indigenous uh, native tribes in Mexico. So this was long before Mexico was considered a country like it is today. It was a region that was populated by many different indigenous tribes, of which Cristobal's tribe was the Tlaxcalans. Now, Cristobal's mother was the chief's first wife, but since polygamy was practiced among the Tlaxcalan chiefs, uh, he actually took a second wife who gave him three more sons. And so you can imagine already off, off from the very start, Cristobal had a very unique family. He had a father uh, and there was two mothers essentially in his home with different siblings belonging to each one. And he grew up in this dysfunctional family that was even more dysfunctional because his father was an alcoholic. And his dad had a real abusive tendency if you made him angry. And so everyone made sure that they didn't upset the father of the household or else he would lash out in anger against his own family members. Now, the Tlaxcalan people were a confederation of tribes that had lived in that area of Mexico for many years. Um, and their system of running their territory was very much based on uh, a kind of democracy where there was this network of different city-states that all gathered together to form one confederate tribe of people. 
They worshipped in a, a pagan religion. They worshipped hundreds of different gods. All um, were in charge of different areas of life, farming, warfare, the economy, stuff like that. But the main god over all of them was Mixcoatl, who was the god of hunting. And Mixcoatl was sometimes portrayed as wearing a human skin because the Tlaxcalan people would sometimes take human beings and offer them as sacrifice to their god by skinning them alive. And so this main god of the people wore a human skin as clothing and he had a black face with star speckles all over him to symbolize that he was the king of heaven because when they looked up at the night sky they saw this black sky with little pinpoints of stars and they thought that they were looking upon their god's face. Now the Tlaxcalan people were the main rivals of the Aztec empire which if you know anything about history you might have heard of this empire before. The Aztecs had conquered a huge region of Mexico by this point in history. But the Tlaxcalans had refused to surrender to the Aztecs. They had refused to be incorporated into this empire. And so these two nations, the Aztecs and the Tlaxcalans, were always fighting with each other. They were in a constant state of battle. The Aztecs had a huge belief in human sacrifice to their gods, similar to the Tlaxcalans, but the Aztecs practiced it on a much wider scale. And so they were constantly in need of captives. And so what they would do is they would raid the territories of the Tlaxcalans to capture victims to take back to their temples for sacrifice. And as a result of this, as you can imagine, the Tlaxcalans hated the Aztecs. I mean, who wouldn't? Who wouldn't hate this huge empire that lived right on your borders that kept coming into your lands and stealing your people to offer as sacrifices to pagan gods? But the Tlaxcalan warriors, even though they were fierce, they weren't strong enough. They didn't have a big enough army to defeat the Aztecs. And so there was a constant threat on their borders. Now, when Cristobal was around four years old, something happened that would change the history of Mexico forever. Because in the year 1519, the Spanish explorer Hernan Cortes landed on the shoreline of Mexico and began to explore. Now, when the Spanish first encountered the Tlaxcalans, they actually fought with each other. But the Tlaxcalans were so impressed by the Spanish warrior spirit, they decided to make a truce with them and band together to attack the Aztec Empire together. Both the Spanish and the Tlaxcalans had vested interest in taking down the Aztecs, and so they put aside their own war and they joined forces to take on the Aztec Empire together. And you know what? It worked. They were actually successful. Within two years, the Aztec capital city of Tenochtitlan had been conquered by the combined forces of the Spanish and the Tlaxcalans, and the whole Aztec Empire began to crumble. Now, because of their alliance with the Tlaxcalan people, the Spanish ended up giving them way more privileges and power than they did to any of the other indigenous tribes. And part of their alliance meant that the Spanish began to introduce missionaries, Catholic priests, to come into the Tlaxcalan land to live among them and to teach them about Jesus in their schools. Now, Cristobal's father, as one of the noble chiefs of the Tlaxcalans, he definitely wanted his sons to be taught by the Spanish missionaries. Not because he was interested in any of his kids becoming Christian, he didn't want that at all, but rather, 
he wanted his sons to be on like the the in crowd with the new rulers of Mexico. He saw that if they went to a Spanish school, if they connected with these Spanish missionaries, that it would set them up for success in the new Spanish regime that was coming to Mexico. Now, Cristobal wanted to go to school with his younger brothers at the Spanish mission, but his dad told him, no, you're my heir. You're the firstborn. You're the one who's going to succeed me as chief. You're different from your younger brothers. I want you to stay here with me. I want you to learn the ways of your ancestors. Let the Christian priest teach your younger brother. I want you to stay here with the family. But Cristobal was insistent. He kept asking if he could go and study with the Spanish priests. And eventually, even the Spanish missionaries started coming to Cristobal's dad and asking him to let his oldest son come and study with them. And eventually, the Tlaxcalan chief reluctantly agreed to let his son study with the Spanish. Now, Cristobal loved school with the Spanish missionaries. He loved uh, the reading, the writing, the mathematics that he was learning there. But he especially loved the religious classes that the priests were teaching him and the other children. He learned from the Spanish priests that there wasn't many gods, as he formerly thought there was, that he had been brought up to believe, but that there was one God who had created everything. That this God was a God of great love for human beings. That this God had great care, had great concern for every person, whether they were Spanish or Tlaxcalan, that it didn't matter. God loved everyone. And that he had so much love that he had sent his own son, Jesus, to die on the cross as a sacrifice for people. And this image of God was so different from the image that Cristobal had been raised with. He had been taught that we as human beings had to sacrifice ourselves to kill other human beings in order to please the gods. And yet here he was learning that the Christian God had sacrificed himself for people. And that this God of the Christians was not someone to be afraid of, like the terrifying gods he was used to who wore the flayed skins of their human sacrifices. No, this God, this Jesus was loving, was kind, and was merciful. And the Spanish priests encouraged him and all of the other children that they were teaching, come to this God, come to Jesus, leave behind the darkness and the cruelty of the pagan gods that you used to worship and come experience this God of love. And Cristobal believed them. He fell in love with this God of the Christians and he wanted to become baptized. And the priests, of course, were very eager to oblige him. And so Cristobal was baptized and became a Catholic. And at his baptism, he knew that he had become a child of God, that this loving God who had created the whole universe had become his father. And this baptism moment was so crucial for him because he now had a perfect father in heaven, a father who loved him, who accepted him, who was so different, not only from the pagan gods that he knew about growing up, but even wildly different from his abusive, alcoholic father that he had grown up with. And so this knowledge that God was his father, it gave Cristobal this peace that he had never experienced before. And he was filled with a new desire to introduce this God that he had met to his people. 
because he knew they were still trapped. They were still trapped in fear and darkness in their old ways of pagan worship. And so when Cristobal went home from school, he would tell his family about the love that Jesus had for them. He would invite them to experience the same mercy and kindness from God that he had. And he told them, look, if you become baptized, if you become Christian, this God can become your father as well. Turn away from your old sins of worshiping idols, of violence, of polygamy, of lust, of of drunkenness. Turn away from all of those dark things and embrace this God who is so good and loves you that he sent his son Jesus to die for you. Now, bear in mind that at this point, Cristobal is only 12 years old. He's only 12 years old, and yet he has this boldness for his faith, and he wasn't afraid to share it. He wanted everyone he knew to become Christian. Now, as you can imagine, when he first got home, his dad found this pretty annoying, and he would, you know, think to himself, look, just give it a rest. I know that you went off to the Spanish school, you you believed whatever religion those priests taught you there, that's fine, uh, you'll probably forget about it in a while, but just leave the rest of us alone. We don't want to hear about it. But things began to escalate more than just annoyance when Cristobal began to destroy some of the pagan idols, the statues symbolizing the old gods that were in the house. And his dad was furious at this. And he began to threaten his son with violence if he didn't stop with this Christian foolishness. And Cristobal's stepmother she actually began to encourage these violent tendencies in her husband because she was jealous of Cristobal. She was jealous that he was the firstborn, that he was going to receive his father's inheritance. And she saw Cristobal's newfound zeal for the Christian faith as a chance to grab the power from him and to bring it to her own children with Cristobal out of the way. Now, Cristobal continued to share his faith with the other people in town. He encouraged them to leave behind their false gods, to smash their statues, and to turn to the one true living God. And there were some who listened to him, but most of his neighbors were just as annoyed and irritated as his father was. With his constant preaching to them, it pricked their conscience. They didn't like to hear about this God that wanted them to turn away from their sin. They liked their sin. They were happy with it. And they didn't want to leave it behind. And so because they hated the message, they began to hate the messenger. And they wanted to shut Cristobal up in any way that they could. Now when Cristobal began to destroy the public shrines that were in the town that had been dedicated and built to honor the local gods, the Tlaxcalan citizens were enraged at him. And they were furious for a couple of different reasons. First, they were very superstitious. They were afraid that the gods who were symbolized by these statues would punish them for their offense. So if Cristobal goes and smashes their local gods, they were worried that their gods, who they didn't view as loving, They didn't view them as gentle and kind. They viewed them as vindictive and vengeful. They were worried that these gods would curse their town because of Cristobal's smashing of their statues. And they went to Cristobal's father and they demanded, you need to step in. As chief, you need to step in and deal with your son. You need to put a harsh end to his efforts to convert us to Christianity. We don't want to hear about it anymore. He's not being polite. He's not being good to us. We want to keep our old gods. And he keeps telling us we have to change. 
you need to do something about it. Now, Cristobal was convinced that his dad would never become a Christian until he got sober. He didn't think that he was free enough as an alcoholic to actually embrace the God of Christianity. And so one day, in his zeal to see his dad set free from addiction, to see his dad encounter Jesus, Cristobal poured out his dad's stash of alcohol. Now, as you can imagine, this was doubly offensive to his father. So first of all, he was mad because he had an obsession with alcohol as an alcoholic. Cristobal had poured out something that was more valuable to him even than his own family. And it was doubly offensive because that alcohol had been given to the gods in a sacred ritual. And so it was not only alcohol that belonged to his father, but it was alcohol that belonged to the gods and worship of them. And so in a rage, Cristobal's father ordered everyone out of the house except for Cristobal. And he grabbed his 12-year-old son by the hair and began to drag him through the room. He savagely beat him with a wooden stick until the boy was bleeding all over his body, but his dad didn't stop. He was so enraged, he kept going, beating him so much that he began to break some of his bones. And yet throughout this beating, Cristobal just kept praying for help from God, praying that the Lord would strengthen him, which only enraged his father more because he hated the sound of his son praying to this Christian God. He hated Christianity and he just began to beat his son even more. He eventually picked up his son, Cristobal, who was broken and bleeding at this point and threw him into the fire, threw him into the very fire. And the boy began to roast alive in the flames. Now, after venting his anger on his young son, the Tlaxcalan chief went away in a rage and Cristobal's broken and burnt body was finally pulled out of the fire and he was in a bad shape. Amazingly, he was still alive despite all of the abuse that he had gone through, but he was in a lot of pain and he suffered all night from his serious injuries. But early in the morning, he eventually died from all of the trauma that he had suffered. His wounds were too great to be healed. Even though people were working on him, trying to nurse him back to health, he had sustained too much damage from his father's abuse and he died in the morning. But before he died, he prayed for forgiveness for his father. And these are the words that he said. He said, Oh father, do not think that I am angry because I am very joyous. Know that you have honored me in a way much more than all of your lands and titles. What Cristobal is talking about here is that his father had given him a greater honor than all of the lands and titles that he would have received as the chief's son because his father had given him the honor of dying for Jesus, had given him the honor of paying for his love for Jesus with his very life. And so he was telling his dad, look, I'm not angry with you. I'm joyful because I get to go to the God who loves me and is my perfect father in heaven. And in this, Cristobal was imitating Jesus. Jesus had prayed something very similar. He had prayed for forgiveness for those who had tortured and killed him when he was dying on the cross. Remember Jesus, when he was dying on the cross, he looked down at his enemies and he said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. And Cristobal was praying the same prayer for his father right before he died. 
Now, one of the most heartbreaking aspects of the persecution that St. Christopher had to face was the fact that it came from his own family. Yes, of course, there was the hatred of his neighbors from the Tlaxcalan people that hated his preaching of Christianity, but primarily it was his own stepmother who was pressuring the violence to take place, and it was his own dad who beat him and burned him and eventually killed him. And 1,500 years before Cristobal had been born, Jesus himself had prophesied that these kinds of things would happen to his followers. 1,500 years before Cristobal, Jesus had said these words. In Mark chapter 13, verse 12, he says this, Brother will deliver brother up to death, and the father his child, and children will rise against their parents and have them put to death, and you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But he who endures to the end will be saved. Jesus knew that because of him, people who followed him would be rejected by their own family members, that they would be persecuted, that they would be abused, that they would even be killed because of this faith. And this is what happened to Cristobal. Because when someone makes the choice to follow Jesus, to live according to his teachings, to join his church, sometimes this can cause a real conflict with the family who doesn't follow Jesus. The family might just not understand the change, like thinking to themselves, why is this person so different? Why do they act different? I just don't get it. Like you've got religion now, you're, you're following God, and it's just not familiar to me. And so there's confusion, there's misunderstanding. Sometimes there's a sense of guilt that gets provoked, kind of like in Cristobal's case when he was telling his, his family, stop drinking, stop living in violence, stop living in impurity. And, and a sense of guilt was provoked in his family. That can happen nowadays. When people follow Jesus, their family looks at them and says, you won't act like us now. You don't walk in the same sinful things that you used to, and we're still walking in them. And so it's easier for them to get angry and reject the Christian rather than to face the call of the gospel, to face the call that God is making on their own life to change. Rather than changing their own life, it's easier to mock and abuse someone who is trying to change their life for the better. And then finally, some people are persecuted by their families when they become Christian because the family feels like they've been betrayed especially if the family members are part of another religion, they can think to themselves, this isn't how we raised you. We didn't raise you to follow Jesus. We didn't raise you to belong to this church. We raised you a different way. And, and so when the person follows Jesus, it can seem like a rejection of the family. Even though it isn't, it's a rejection of the, of the family's faith, but it can still feel like a rejection. And so persecution can come as a result of that. Now, there might be some of you listening in, even now, who have had some kind of a conversion to Jesus, and because of that, you are experiencing some kind of pushback from your family, some kind of resistance from your family because of your newfound faith in Jesus. Because of your steadfastness and being loyal to God, you are experiencing tension with your own family. And if that's you, I just want you to know three things. First of all, I am so proud of you. I don't know if that means anything coming to you from some, some random priest that you might not even know, but I just want to let you know, I am proud of you. I'm proud that you are following God's call on your heart. I'm proud that you are willing to suffer for that decision from the people who love you 
the most. And, and, and I want you to know that you should be encouraged in that, that you're doing the right thing and that God is with you. And that's the second thing I want to tell you is that Jesus is with you. He is so proud of you for not caving to pressure, remaining close to him, even though it's difficult. And he sees what you're going through on his account and he will bless you for that sacrifice. So let Jesus console you. Let his closeness closeness with you help to ease the pain of the rejection that you're feeling. And third, I just want to tell you, don't give up. Don't give up. The Lord might be allowing the suffering as a way for you to witness to your own family, to offer up your sufferings to God, to unite your suffering to Jesus on the cross and offer it up for their own conversion. Sometimes it takes time for them to get used to this. It takes time for them to to get their anger and their negativity out of their system, to vent it on you before they are open to Christ. So don't give up. Persevere in the faith. St. Cristobal was the proto-martyr of Mexico. The proto-martyr means the first one to die for the faith. In the whole region, he was the first one to offer up his very life for Jesus. And there's a saying in the church that the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. That the more that Christians are persecuted and killed for their faith, the more Christianity grows in that area because death always leads to life. And it's true in this case, because four years after Cristobal's death, Mary, the mother of Jesus, would appear to another Mexican native, a man named Juan Diego, who, if you haven't listened to that show yet, I've done an episode on him as well, St. Juan Diego. And she revealed herself to that people as Our Lady of Guadalupe. And in the coming years after her appearance there, over 9 million native Mexicans would become Catholic. This unyielding loyalty that Cristobal had for Jesus that cost him his life, it was effective because through his witness, millions upon millions of his people in the coming years would come to know the Lord Jesus Christ and abandon their demonic false gods. And so let's pray right now to St. Cristobal that we would become saints just like he was. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Cristobal, You were 100% devoted to the Lord. You smashed the pagan idols of your past. You never stopped proclaiming Jesus to those who needed to hear it, even when it infuriated them. And so we pray right now for all those who are being persecuted today for their faith in Christ, who are being pressured to compromise on their zeal for God, even by those who are closest to them. Help those who are going through this to be resolute, to never back down from the truth that Jesus is the only way to God the Father and that he is the way to salvation. And St. Cristobal, we also pray right now for all those who come from abusive or alcoholic homes like you did, that addictions would be broken, that people would be set free that peace would return to those homes, that those who are in abusive situations would be kept safe and that the Lord would rescue them and heal them from their trauma, just like he did with you. St. Cristobal of Tlaxcala, pray for us. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.